We're using this Ram Das book called How Can I Help? We've been using it this month. And you know, we've really kind of covered the, the full range of helping in many ways. We, we started out a few weeks ago talking about those just sweetest and kindest and gentlest of, of compassionate helping one another. You know, making a meal for someone that needs a little extra help or giving someone a ride to the doctor. Just the, the smallest, you know, holding a door open, the kindest and gentlest things. And you know, we've worked our way up to where last week and the week before we were talking about making pretty definite gest well more than gestures really commitments to helping people and places and things in our lives that matter to us and so today <laughs> we are going to talk about something a little serious and that's the idea of burnout so I want to, you know, I know we're supposed to be at quiet in church, but not this group, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'd like a show of hands and maybe even a shout out of people who have felt burned out while helping others. Okay. All right. And you know, I, I want to suggest too that even those of you that didn't raise your hands, if you think of your roles as parents, or if you think of your roles at work, I bet the rest of us would have to put up our hands because now and then as a parent or just a, a worker in a place of business, I bet nearly everyone here has felt burned out. And now I want to do one more, one more sort of shout out exercise if you don't mind. And that's when you are burned out, what are you feeling? Scared. Scared. Resentment. Empty. Drained. Anxious. Anger. We're not at our best, right, when we're burned out? <laughs> Resentful, okay. Now, why do you think something as sweet, something as really poignant as wanting to help, how can that lead us down this path to where at some time later we're feeling all of these feelings? Resentful, burned out, worn down. Where do you think it leads? Well, in this book, there are a couple great ideas of where the source of burnout is. I want to talk about them briefly before we get into something more enlightening, which is how to prevent it. <laughs> but first of all, the two things that can cause it. First of all, Ram Dass says there's almost like a helper prison. And let me, let me read how he describes this, because I think it's important. He says, helper, yes, I'm a helper. That's a worthy identity. Sad then that so often this identity imprisons us, that because of it we find ourselves accomplices to conditions of separation and division, a world of nurses and patients, of social workers and clients, of spiritual teachers and seekers, of people who have and people who don't have. After all, if some of us are busy being helpers, must there not be others under continuous pressure to be helped? So think about this for a minute. In our desire to help, if we become over-identified with that role as helper, we can actually keep down, if you will, oppress in a way, certainly be codependent with those people who are helping. In fact, we can keep them there 
even as we're keeping ourselves in the helper role. So this is one of the, the key areas where Ram Dass says we need to be careful if we begin to over-identify with the role of helper so that it's not just from the heart, but it feels more like it's part of our business. Do you know what I mean? And some of us are actually in the helping profession, and I count myself as one of them, but, but if you were a doctor or a nurse or a dentist or you know any of the social worker, anyone in the true vocation of helping, you know exactly what I mean because burnout often Often takes the form of what? Looking at the person who needs help as though they're part of a machine. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's one more bed to turn, it, it, it's, it's one more person in the waiting room to help, it's one more... And I want to put to you, we can start treating our families that we help in the same way. Do you know what I mean? When your children stop becoming your children and start turning into something that must be done... You know, I know some of you are nodding a little bit, but, but when it's the station wagon time, right? Well, I have to drop so-and-so off at basketball practice, and then I have to take so-and-so to their lesson, and oh my God, so-and-so's ill today, and I'm going to have to stop by the school nurse. And I mean, when we are helpers, whether, whether we're getting paid as a profession or whether it's simply part of our life, we can get burned out on these very roles. Okay, one area of burnout. The other area of burnout that he talks about, and this is one that's a little more subtle, he talks about it as our heart and our mind being in opposite directions, or the idea of a house divided against itself. And here's how he talks about that. He says, on the one hand, for example, we can recognize the natural impulse of the heart as it reaches out to those who suffer, seeking to ease their pain. But we also observe in the presence of the suffering of others the mind's fears and defensiveness. We see how uncomfortable we may be about the many situations that are called for our service, our, our needs to appear responsible, useful, powerful, moral, worthy, needed, and so on. So we must acknowledge the reality potentially of a house divided against itself, the inner conflict between the head and the heart, the struggle produces toxins of fatigue and emotional confusion. Now, what is this house divided against itself? All right, I think the proposal is that our heart is always willing and, in fact, interested, wanting to give of ourselves. It's only natural that there is that, um, that human compassion that we feel when we see someone in need, especially a close family member, a, 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 especially people we know. Our heart wants to be there, aches to be there. And at the same time, the mind can be saying, yeah, but what am I getting myself into? Am I going to be able to keep up with this? Am I going to be able to meet the needs? Am I going to feel successful at it? You know, those, those ego needs to be appreciated and, uh, and to be honored and to be respected. And you know what? We don't always get that when we're helping, do we? <laughs> and so here is that fundamental separation. Here is that, that house divided against itself, the heart wanting so to help, the mind sometimes almost in a protection mode saying, oh, oh, here we go. How do we resolve these? Well, I have some tips for you. 
So these are tips for uh, both avoiding burnout, or if you're already feeling a little burned out in some area of your life, some tips for overcoming that and reversing that trend. First of all, and this is so hard, if you really are a giver, if you really are compassionate, I think this first one is the hardest of all, but that is to put your own self-care as priority number one. You cannot truly help other people if you are not coming from a place that's rested and centered and in good balance in your life. You may be of temporary help, but in the long run, if you are to be useful, you need to have your own priorities clear. You need to know that you're being nurtured. You know, need to know that you're getting enough rest, that you have time to yourself, that, that the things and the people that can surround you are nurturing you, even as you'd like to reach out a hand to someone else. And I would really suggest that you need to be first, not as an afterthought, not as a, wow, I really am feeling burned out. Maybe I should have a spa day. Do you know what I mean? It's like in many cases, it's too late then. You need to put yourself first and have a plan for it. And, And as an example, are you taking your days off, really taking them off, or are you always on call? Do you know what I mean? Are your days off really your days off? Or are you perpetually you know, waiting for the phone to ring, you know, needing, uh, you know, needing reassurance? Do you take your vacations? I worked with someone at the telephone company years ago that had stored up something like you know, thousands of weeks of vacation. He never took them. And I got to tell you, he was one of the most miserable guys I ever met. It's like we deserve our time off. There is nothing that cannot be accomplished while you're gone. Do you know what I mean? There will be people who will come or it will wait. Now that can be the bad news about a vacation. You, you come back and you have a, an extra week's worth of work. But take it anyway, because that week is something you deserve. It can re-energize you. This next one, too, is a little difficult sometimes in today's hectic world. And that is, do you have non-work, non-helping friends. And by this I mean, do you have a circle of friends and people you care about, people that you get energy with and that you love that aren't in the middle of this burnout situation? So often when we're in a situation of, say, burnout at work, it's the same doctors and nurses that are our friends. And so even on our time off, what are we talking about? We're talking about being burned out together. Or uh, the same thing can happen in, in families. You know, the, the family can be kind of burning itself out because of its own needs. And, and where is our release mechanism? Do the members of the family, including the parents, have their own circle of friends that they can just be themselves and hang out and have fun and, and gain some of that energy back where they're not talking about the frustrations of their own life over and over again? And then finally, and perhaps more importantly, do you set aside time every week for things that nurture you? Do you have time for a hobby? Do you have time to be doing things that really bring you pleasure? When was the last time you went for a hike in nature or, or just went to the Portland Art Museum or, or something like that? Something that you know would, would bring you some peace and some culture and some happiness. Uh, you know, may, maybe a, a hobby, maybe going fishing. When was the last time 
that you on purpose had time like that scheduled in the same way that we schedule all the things that perhaps we don't enjoy doing, right? When I look at my schedule, it's really interesting. And I, and I would suggest that you do this. Take a look at your schedule for the week. How many of the things that you've actually scheduled on there, you know, Monday, 4 p.m., how many of those are specifically to nurture you? I had to tell you, there was maybe in a whole month, I had one or two things on my schedule that really nurtured me. That was kind of a wake-up call. Take a look at that. All right, the next thing really important, and that is when you're helping, are you helping in a way that is in alignment with your core values? Because I think here is a big disconnect area. If your core value is the environment, we should be helping people to further that core value. If our core value is family, then helping in the family will have a high priority. But oftentimes when people are burned out, it's because they're helping in an area that they don't even have any particular value on. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like they fell into it and they've been you know, volunteering at a school long after their kids have grown and, and it really has no meaning for them anymore. This is a huge concern around burnout, and it makes sense. Of course I would be burned out if I'm serving in a place that really isn't that high on my list of values anymore. It would be hard to see how my, my efforts were being rewarded because I don't even value it. Another one is, um, and this is called the 3D principle, when you're helping, when someone asks you to help, as you look around your life and, and you set up your, your to-do tasks around helping others, do it, delegate it, or dump it. <laughs> there is a huge fallacy in American life that we can simply simultaneously process the whole world. And you know what? And you know what? Most of it just never gets done. We have more things on our back burner than our stove has burners. And all of those things take our time and attention just to keep them. It's like having balls in the air. There is a lot of energy when you're juggling, not just in the one ball that's in this hand and the one ball that's in this hand, but there's a huge energy at keeping them in the air as well, even though those ones aren't doing anything but, but sort of floating there and using gravity. And the same is true of all of the projects and, and helping things that you have on the planet. As each one comes to you, do it, delegate it, or just dump it. Just say no. That isn't for me to do. And you know what? The next thing on the list is saying no. We very graciously can say no to things. Just because we have helped someone in the past, just because it's our natural inclination to help, just because maybe we have an area of expertise that people might draw upon our help, we all find times in our lives when we're busy and we can feel free to say no. We can go into excuses if we want, if that makes us feel better, but you know what? I don't even bother anymore. And it's okay. People recognize that you're busy. You can just graciously say no. I'd love to help, but I'm going to have to say no this time. Do you know what I mean? It can be very gracious and very clear, and people will respect you for it. It isn't giving a mixed message. So often, instead of people saying no, they'll say, well, you know, I'm really busy, and, you know, if the moon was in a different... Um, <laughs> Do you know, if I, if, I ha if I could get home earlier, you know, and, and, the, and, and when they're all done, you kind of go, 
well, is he helping or not? <laughs> you know, it sounds like maybe this weekend, unless something happens, maybe he could help. It's like that's not really helpful. Just say no, graciously, lovingly, say no. The next one, too, is learning how to let go. So often we find ourselves in a cycle of helping because we have not planted the seeds of ending the help. And by this I mean, is it really a help if someone comes to you maybe with a computer question or if someone comes to, uh, with a question to you and you help them, but you don't actually tell them how to do it? You are actually planting the seeds for your own burnout later on. There will come a time when the phone rings for the 800th time and the person says, well, the computer's doing that thing again, and you just want to yell back at them like, I care. <laughs> but, but you have actually done it to yourself because you could be showing people how to do for themselves. And the seeds of every great and true and meaningful help include how to wean people off that help, how to have people be self-resilient, um, how, how to find out how to do things themselves, the, the means and the technology and the education normally for doing it themselves or for, for them and other people to do it. So that's really part of our jobs as helper. And that's also what gets us out of that role of helper. Because if we plant the seed of people helping themselves, then the helping has a natural and a beautiful end to it. You have a sense of accomplishment. You know, look at him. He's walking by himself now. Uh, some, some of the metaphors I love in terms of helping are with children. Because is it our job to keep them as children always? No, it's implicit, I think, in being a good parent that we're going to help them only as they really need it. And, and as we go along, we're planting the seeds of them being self-reliant, right? Of course, I'm carrying the baby. The baby can't walk, but there comes a time when it's, no, here's how you stand and here's how you walk, and now you're walking. But do we do that with the adults that we help? Or do we tend to actually keep them frozen in that state of helplessness, through our very acts of helping. The last one here, I think, is difficult. Because what I'm going to ask you to do when you're the most harried, when you have the most things to do, and it feels like you have the least amount of time, I'm going to ask you to put the brakes on and just slow down. A lot of the harriedness we feel, a lot of the burnout that we feel is literally because we're trying to do too much. Physically, mentally, emotionally. Slow down. Now here's where you may have to practice that no thing. <laughs> here's where you may have to practice that renegotiation so that the people you're helping know that you have a balanced life as well. You know, this may have to wait for a while. You may need to find someone else to help you with this. And it's okay. It is absolutely okay to renegotiate in areas where you're helping as well as saying no. But the key here is to make sure that you're having the time along the way to be nurturing yourself even as you're helping someone else. And sometimes that requires putting the brakes on.
So what's the natural tendency, do you think, when we're in that place of complete burnout? It's putting the brakes on. For a lot of people, it's saying, okay, I'm just not going to volunteer there anymore. For a lot of people, it's like, you know, I'm really sorry. I know your life is still in a mess. I'm just going to have to pull back. I have my own stuff to deal with. I'm just going to stop. But the trouble with this is it doesn't solve the problem of the house divided against itself. You may be satisfying the mind that says you're overburdened, you're overworked, I can't possibly help here anymore, the situation isn't getting any better. You know, all those, those talks of frustrations that we had at the very beginning, it may solve those, just backing away from the issue or from the area where you're called to help, but it doesn't satisfy the heart. The heart still wants to help. So the idea here isn't going from 900 miles an hour to a full stop. Both ends of those extremes are going to have you in trouble. The idea is finding that place of balanced help, that place where you are finding time for yourself, you are finding time to nourish yourself, you are finding time for your own pleasures and self-nurturance and with friends and spontaneous time. You are feeling the goodness of life and you are able to extend your hand in friendship and in help. This is the place of balance. This is getting back to where we were, what is it, four weeks ago when we were talking about that really natural and spontaneous way of holding a hand out to someone in need. So if you do find your place um, in that area of total burnout, don't just cut everything off because you are likely to feel still not right. It's that it, you'd be quenching that natural urge to help. So it may be pulling back a bit. It may be reorganizing your priorities. It may be slowing down. It may be some of those other things that will bring you into balance. But I don't recommend just putting the brakes on and coming to a full stop because you will still not quite feel right. Find the balance. Find that balance of heart and mind. Have that house not be divided against itself, as, as Ram Das would say. Find that place where your mind is perfectly fine with the level of, of uh, help you're able to provide, and your heart is still feeling satisfied with that simple and beautiful and natural extension of the hand to someone in help. So I'm going to close today with a tiny bit of homework and, uh, and a prayer. The homework is, I would like you all to evaluate yourself for burnout. Now, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, whether it's in your volunteer life, whether it's in some area, as many of you are like totally smiling, like, uh-oh. <laughs> but please, take me up on this. Evaluate your own life for burnout. And I want to take just one of the, of the simple remedies here, and I'm going to challenge you all, if you're feeling burned out, to find a new way this week to nurture yourself. Maybe something you haven't done in a while that you love. It may be something that uh, uh, you, you even think you'd like to do just as a kind of a diversion or something you haven't tried before. You know, have you been to the Children's Museum before? Have you been to Omsley in a long time? Have you gone bike riding in the wilderness, you know? Find something that you think might be a little different and a little nourishing 
And I challenge you to schedule it onto your schedule, just like it was an appointment to go to the dentist, just like it was one of the many other things that you have booked in your schedule. Book you in your schedule. Book a commitment to you, to your self-nurturing, to your self-love, to making yourself come first sometime this week. So that's your homework. So I'd like to uh, simply end with a prayer today. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It is this thing called life, and what I know about life, in its fullness, it is love. It is that love that we extend to other people, and also it is that love that we extend to ourselves. And so on this day, I know that means me. I know that my life is in balance between loving self and others, that my life is in balance between helping others and finding time for myself. And as it is true for me, it is true for each person in this room that everyone here has that ability to know their own set of values and their own abilities to help one another and that we count ourselves first. That each person here has that ability to to know and recognize when it is time to take a break, take a vacation, have a self-nurturing day, have a mental health day. I know that each person here from this day forward absolutely supports their own health first. And so I am simply grateful for this. I'm grateful in the awareness of God as it takes the form of each person in this room. I'm simply grateful in knowing that each person here from the heart is helping and from the mind is creating an environment where they too are helped and loved. And so with great gratitude, I just let it be. And so it is. is. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here today.